0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: another edition of the Total Sports Live podcast here on Blog Talk Radio, and make sure if you miss this podcast or you miss any of our other recent podcasts, you can go check it out right now on TuneIn Radio, on the TuneIn Radio app. It's all on demand. Just download the TuneIn Radio app on your Apple or Android device and search the TSO podcast right there. You have it on demand. We got a great show for everybody tonight, as we're going to be talking about the Eagles, 33-27 to 27 victory over those Dallas Cowboys. Those Dallas Cowboys. It was a great game, a lot of excitement. Both teams came to play in the second half, which made it very exciting, and the Eagles came out on top on the homie Sammy V's birthday. The Eagles get that victory. But before we jump into all that, let's let's get my, my co-host on, the one and only, Angela Montoni joining me here on the Total Sports Live podcast. Angela, the Eagles get off, come off the bye week with a victory over a division rival. It keeps them in the playoff race for now. And the New York Giants sitting at five and four cannot be sitting there been easy because the Eagles showed last night that this offense can put up points when both the offenses and when both the when the offensive line is playing well, when the quarterback is making correct reads. The when the receivers are not dropping passes, his offense is a beautiful thing.
2: I'm doing well. How are you doing? That was a hefty introduction. Um, yeah, it did it was it was a win. It, it win is a win, but I mean it's it wasn't the prettiest win, and it did have its costs uh, with Hicks going down for the season. But, you know, there's, there's there's good sides on either part of the argument. So, you know, we've got a lot to talk about tonight in a short period of time.
1: Definitely do have a lot to talk about in a short period of time. Let's get it underway. Like I said, the offense, it both as we watch, as we all watched, the the, uh, the defense, the, the both teams did not play particularly well in the first quarter. I mean, the first half at all, 7-7 seven, seven tied and in the second half we had a uh, uh, an outburst of offense. DeMarco Murray finds the end zone. Uh, Jordan Hicks gets a huge pick six. You think the game is over? You think the Eagles have wrapped it up? Not so fast, my friend. It did not happen that easily. Then the Cowboys come back. Cole Beasley monster. Des Bryant with a miraculous catch. Somehow, I know, he, he actually caught it, folks. He actually caught it at the time. There wasn't, no, wasn't no issue with that. He caught it. Um, Caleb Sturgis knocks in a couple of huge field goals. And then in the Overtime Bradford hits Matthews on a beautiful forty one yard pass and put pass pass for the game with a touchdown. It just seems all too right there. And let's talk about uh Sam Bradford, Angela. Bradford twenty five or thirty six, two ninety five, a touchdown and no interceptions. I think that is so huge for Bradford. He was accurate, only eleven incompletions and had no turnovers, which has really haunted him. Through the first seven games of the season, and last night, like uh like like I was talking to last night, he said Bradford has now put together two back to back good games.
0: uh,
2: I wouldn't get too excited too quick, you know he did throw four two ninety five but I think uh two twenty of them were in the second half, so uh, it's good to have him be able to show up in the second half, but you're not you're not gonna win many ball games like that. And I'm not really trying to like rain on the parade. I just, I'm I'm still of the opinion that I don't think Sam Bradford's the answer. And he showed improvement, which thankfully, you know, it decreases all of our stress levels a little bit, but I don't know. I just don't, I don't even really see him as, I, I, I prefer them to put in Sanchez. I just, I've, I've been, I think a lot of us have had enough, you know, yeah, he had two decent games in a row. Okay. You give him credit, but he still looks scared. He still is afraid of, to throw downfield. I mean, obviously, he threw downfield a couple of times, but in, in the general sense of things, I mean, during in the first quarter, he needed six yards, and he threw for five. There was just way too much dink and dunk action going on, and that's just been his game. Like, he shies away from it. He's afraid, and he constantly stares down receivers, so he gives up his goat a lot. So the fact that didn't bite him in the ass last night, because it, it, you saw it on camera a few times. I mean, they they got lucky. And, uh, I mean, Dallas got lucky, too, with all the blown penalties. I don't care. Nobody's going to find me. You know, there were penalties that were just complete crap, like the holding on Kendricks that was non-existent, and the questionable death pass interference call. So I think both teams got a little bit lucky last night, too. Luckily, we were on the winning end of it.
1: Yeah, he was definitely on win the winning end of it. And before we talk more about it, Jaleel Phillips is on is joining us on the podcast tonight. Jalil, how are you doing? And we're already talking about that Eagles offense. If people don't remember Jaleel uh, on Friday, down the Eagles offense, grade by grade, talking about quarterbacks, running backs, offensive lines, wide receivers, all that good stuff, did a good job on it. And Jaleel, talk, uh welcome to the podcast. And we just talked about Bradford. What did you see from Bradford? uh thing yesterday's game, like I said, twenty five thirty six, two ninety five yards, a touchdown, no interception.
3: Yeah, it's, uh it was a pretty good game for him. Um I still saw some mistakes that he just really needs to improve on. Um he is coming along with the turnovers. Uh but, and really you could you there's an argument that could be made that his stat line was actually turnover free and uh pretty solid for the most part because there weren't as many drops out there. Um, mm-hmm. The only legitimate receiver we still have right now is Jordan Matthews. Um, you know, we're not getting much production out of any other wide receiver, which, you know, needs to be highlighted. But it was a pretty good game. There were there were huge mistakes on both sides. Uh, mm-hmm. Just like Angela said, some questionable calls by the refs. But um, I think that, you know, this game could have swung in any direction. We're just... We're just kind of lucky it came in ours that, uh, on uh, on Sunday, so
1: that's my take on that. No, no, you're right about that. Uh, both teams definitely did get lucky, and we're going to talk about that luck. As we're going to, as we're about to talk about the defense soon, because there was a lot of questionable calls on that final drive for the Cowboys and regulation. We're going to talk about that, but also talking. Excuse that ESPN noise in the background. <laughs> also having, like you said, let's talk about Jory Matthews. Matthews. Twelve targets, nine receptions, 133 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, who's about to talk? What? Oh, uh, I was saying Jordan Matthews. He had a big game, oh. nine receptions, 133 yards, twenty on yeah. twelve targets. He really had a fantastic game. Everybody, uh, Angela, what did you see from Matthews? Because it looked like he, you know, he he it kind he kind of just let the game come to him and just focus on, you know, just catching the ball and not doing too much, just catching the ball, doing his thing, get set up for the next play?
2: Well, I mean, I'm really like, I'm really glad that he he was getting targeted as much as he was doing, and, you know, like Jaleel said, that there weren't a lot of drops last night, which was important. Um, The... He might have all, like there might have only been one reception touchdown in the entire game, but it came when it mattered most. And I mean, I'm really glad that Sam Bradford was able to do that for him, considering he almost got him killed in a crossing pattern earlier in the game. Um, he's he's developing into a pretty nice receiver. You know, he had his great streak as a rookie last year, and I think he did go through a tiny bit of a sophomore slump going in this year, but um, like starting the season. But he's he's developing into a really nice NFL player. I just I'd like to see what he can do if they can get if they can somehow manage to build some kind of supporting cast around him to where he he wouldn't always draw all the coverage because they know he's gonna, they're going to try to get it to him as many times as they can.
1: No, you're worried right about that. You know they need to build a receiving core like Jaleel said. He's literally the only legitimate wide receiver they have out there because Nelson Aguilar is still injured, and and, and that's another and that's another thing that Riley Cooper goes up the game. So the defense is really focusing on Jordan Matthews. And Matthews pretty much had a really bang out good game, like he had against Atlanta in, in the first week. So, Jalil, when we look at Jale, at at, uh, at uh, back at your grades for the wide receivers, how how would you grade Jordan Matthews on his performance yesterday? Like Andrew said, they had the they had the biggest recept- receiving touchdown in the game when it mattered the most, and that was a forty one yard catch and run, and he and he did his thing.
3: Yeah, he did. He did do his thing. I I'd also argue that uh, Jordan Matthews has um, actually been playing pretty good all season long. Um, for the most part, That they've been playing him differently from team to team, and he has mm-hmm. had a little bit of a drop problem. But, um, I mean, if you think about it, you go back over the stats and, and things, man, We Sam Bradford usually targets him between 8 and 12 times a game anyway. It's just a matter of how many he's going to drop and how many he's going to catch. And today he caught more mm-hmm. of them, So not only that, but, you know, Sam Bradford was pretty on point with most of his passes for the most part uh jason peters was wasn't in there and our offensive line held up anyway also so definitely it was basically the the perfect storm that ended up happening for the eagles here um jordan matthews he, he played a good game he played a good game no doubt um but really i think it was a testament to that entire offense that everything worked out well today so well not today yesterday
1: Yeah, you're right. The entire offense played well. And let's, before we finish, before we transition to the defense, let's talk about one more play on the offense that had a good game. DeMarco Murray, the Eagles, kept on feeding. DeMarco, the ball, they kept on feeding. uh, Ryan Matthews, the ball. Matthews, again, looking explosive. And DeMarco, you got to give it to Chip and company Angela for sticking to the run in crunch time and in overtime, pounding the rock with DeMarco eighteen carries for 83 yards, a touchdown and six receptions for seventy eight yards, twenty four total touches for DeMarco Murray. That's what you have to do when you have a workhorse running back.
2: There he is, there's the running back we've been waiting for since we got him here. You know, it was that was <laughs> it was it was nice and it was nice to see him do it in Dallas and just like have that kind of performance there. I'm sure all the <laughs> Cowboy fans were loving that he helped send like them into their longest losing streak in like I think it was 26 years
0: so yeah. it also
2: had that Amen. kind of implication to it, which made it especially sweet and you know that's that's what you've been expecting that's what he's shown that he's been able to do you know we've all been scratching we've all been scratching our collective head all season wondering you know when when he was finally gonna have a game like this and and to where it just it all went his way and and you know, like I said, I think it was great that he did it in Dallas too. It just makes it that much better. Revenge, is a very, very sweet.
1: Yeah, very. It definitely was very sweet. And you know, Demarco played a huge role in the game, and Ryan Matthews played a huge role in the game. And Jalo, lastly, talking about the offense, do you think Chip Kelly is now starting to find the rhythm with using his three running backs now? Because we saw in key positions where you needed that one yard, he would go to. DeMarco on a third and one, but then we saw when it was like third and three or second and three when it was like it could be a run or a passing situation. He went to Ryan Matthews, and Ryan Matthews again continues to do work in, in when he when he has the opportunity to get touches,
3: yeah, absolutely. Ryan Matthews has been earning every touch he's he's gotten this season. um, I think that they found that Ryan Matthews is a better uh short short distance runner only because he's laterally quicker. He can find the hole faster and he doesn't have to, uh, bring his momentum to a stop while doing that, you know? So, um, it's one of the things that LaShawn McCoy was very, very good at finding the hole quickly and hitting it as opposed to, uh, being the, you know, being the North South runner that you are, the hole has to be made for you for the most part. But I did like the fact that, um, uh, Chip Kelly is finding his, uh, his his momentum when it comes to this three running back um, tandem here. The only thing that I'll say to that as well, though, is that, you know, drives weren't stalling Mm -hmm. on Sunday, you know, and that allows you to hand the ball off more often, you know, and DeMarco Murray wasn't being hit in the back, in the backfield, you know. If you're Mm -hmm. you're a running back getting hit two yards behind the LOS line of scrimmage, you know, then you're not going to have many opportunities to run the ball. You're just not. It's just how offense works. You've got to get the first down. Got to, you're got going to have to pass on that third or even that second down if you're, if you're getting hit two yards behind the line of scrimmage. That wasn't happening. Right. We were getting pretty good blocks. You know, our guards stepped up big time. And I think that uh, a big shout-out needs to go out to uh, Matt Tobin and Jason Kelsey because they, they pretty much were the uh, were the workhorses on that offensive line that day. But um. Yeah, I think that the whole three running back rotation there, I think it worked perfectly. I I think they are going to try to get Sproles involved more often, but I think Mm -hmm. we really saw DeMarco Murray's catching ability on display. So he may be taking even more time away, but, you know, you never know. I mean, it's a good problem to have, you know.
1: You're right. It definitely was a good problem to have for this Eagles team because, like, we came to the season trying to figure out, is this team going to be able to – Put this team able to be able to use three running backs. How are they going to be able to use these three running backs? And then we're finally starting to see them mesh them all together. And it's and it's a good problem to have. You rather have this kind of problem. We wish we had this problem in the wide receiver court, where we had multiple we had a lot of wide receivers trying to find yeah. playing time. But right now, we don't have this. We don't have this problem. We're going to talk about the receivers another day. So that's a whole issue within itself. So that's a whole show within itself. Um, we got about fourteen minutes left yeah. here on the Total Sports Live podcast. You can, uh, like I said, you can check this out. On radio dot com backslash Soul Sports Live, or you can check it out on the TuneIn Radio app as well. Let's talk about this. De- let's talk about this defense, everybody. I mean, whew, the defense gave up some yardage yesterday. But before we talk about the yardage, let's talk about those two pass interference calls on Byron Maxwell. Now, I know Maxwell gets a lot of heat for the way he played, but yesterday, I did not think. I'm gonna get both of you both of y'all's opinion on this. I did not think those were pass interferences on calls on Byron Maxwell. The first one, maybe. The second one, no way, because he had his head turned around on that second one. Anza, so what was your thoughts on those two past inter interference calls on Byron Maxwell at the end of the at the end?
2: Well, the first one I just kinda of rolled my eyes and and uttered some interchangeable obscenity. <laughs> and then when it was the second one, it was like my reaction was, since when is he not allowed to make an effort for the ball? Mm-hmm. That's how you don't get called for pass interference in that situation. And even Chris Collins on national TV was like, I know, whoa, what? They, they were all confused by it. They didn't really understand like how that was a pass interference call either.
1: Yeah, you're right. And uh, Jalil, what do you think about the passing risk calls? If I can answer them, like, I was—I I mean, I'm not going to front. I was—I was—I was too shouting. I was too shouting obscenity, saying, you know, what the bleep, bleep, bleep is going on, going on here, or what's this game? How did they call these calls on Maxwell? You know, is this like an Eagle fan, in there start talking like, so they kind of rigged this game for the Cowboys? Something's wrong with this picture.
0: <laughs> but what do you
1: think about the two pass interference calls? Because that second one was just – that second one, like Angela said, that's how you pulled the that's, – that's, that's, that's the perfect way almost how they not get called for pass interference. He actually had his head turned around while Doug head was going the complete other way.
3: Yeah, you're absolutely right. It was um... – it was a bad call. We had, I mean, th- to be honest, the referees have a really tough job. Everything is so subjective out there. <laughs> but you know, uh, just just to try to put some some kind of perspective in there. But you know, it was it was a bad call. The first the first pass interference call, you can really chalk that up to bad luck. You know, a bad angle. Maybe the ref saw something that everybody else didn't see. Things happened so fast. He just thought he saw something and he called it. All right. Second one. There was really no mistaking that one. That that won't that one was actually if it was going to be anything. I actually thought it was going to be offensive pass interference
0: because mm-hmm. Bryant
3: never turned his own head around. You know, right. and and you know me, I always get on our corners for you know not turning the head around, not turning the head around. But you know he, Maxwell had his eye on the ball the entire time. He mm-hmm. didn't even know the ball was thrown at one point. So you know, I just. I just shook my head at that one, and I was just like, you know, that call—it's calls like that that just really, out and out, just straight up lose games for you, you know. And Eagles were lucky to get away with it, really. But uh, it's calls like that that just really lose games, and it's and it's unfortunate that it really that it falls on the refs' head like that. Even Deion Sanders thought that was a bad call. I mean, I mean, come on, and he's the one who. And I gotta admit, Deion Sanders got a lot of calls going his way in his own deck. So,
1: right.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, you you, you, you both, you're both right about that. He's definitely had some. Uh, he's definitely had some had some calls go his way here and there. And uh, let's look at this. De- let's keep on looking at this defense. Lewis Williams, I mean, not, what the heck? I'm to say Lewis Williams. I'm, I'm doing a fancy, I'm doing a fancy basketball draft right now. Excuse me for the Lewis Williams reference. but <laughs> but but Jordan, but Jordan Hicks, they, 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 the 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 guy had another fantastic game, but they lose him to injuries, going on the IR now. Angela, talk about the impact of losing a guy like Hicks, who is really coming to his own. That you know, could could be you know, if he stays healthy could have been a contingent for rookie defensive player of the year.
0: That
2: was, you know, that was like the, one of the main things that I've given Chip Kelly credit for is the fact that some people thought that he drafted Hicks a little bit too early, and it turned out that, you know, he did you know, come out small like a rose on that one. Uh, the impact is is huge. Um, you know, there, it, there's, he really, like you said, he was coming to his own. He, he, he was becoming an impact player. You were hearing his name multiple times a game. And he was getting in there and being an integral part of the linebacking core, and that's just—I mean, it's—it's it's a damn shame that he blew out his pectoral because that's that—you know—it had to be something that he was out for the rest of the season. Like if he was going to get injured, it couldn't be something where he'd be back in like three weeks. It's just mm-hmm. sometimes injuries happen. I guess like that's just uh, Eagles are having a little bit of a bad luck situation this season with you know with that stuff and it just continues and hopefully they can, you know, do their carousel of, you know, man by committee and fill in. Cause they're, yeah, you know, that's, the lineback- yeah, and, yeah that's pretty much it. Yeah.
1: That's, no, you're right. That's the hope that they, you know, that they, you know, this linebacker core can contain, can, you know, they can kind of keep on rotating guys here and there I mean, now you're down Hicks. D'Amico the, the is still injured. They just signed Emmanuel Acho back to the team, back to the squad today as insurance. He's one. He's so he's, he's, he Emmanuel Acho and Nautica are literally like guys that just get cut one week and then they're back on the team next week. They're just like, he they, they must have the more speed, out the way this goes, the way this has been going, for especially for Acho. But Jalil, you know, no Hicks. Now, now it's kind of like we need to see Kiko play more next week. Cause I asked him my dad, I said, "Did Kiko even?" I asked him like, "Did Kiko even play <laughs> on Sunday night?" And I didn't even hear his name called or mentioned. Yeah, yeah. But now, it, but now it's really going to. Now it's really, you know, Kiko has to is going to have to be healthy for the rest of the season and ready to go.
3: Yeah, you're right. Kiko's going to have to go now. No excuses. He's going to have to heal up fast. I mean, to be, I mean, Hicks. Has just If you'd have told me that a third-round linebacker was going to step up and be proficient in pass and run coverage, I Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have believed you. Not in today's NFL. (laughs) You know, I mean, linebackers are so used to, you know, they're so known for big hits and stopping the run. But, you know, every linebacker in today's NFL can stop the run. But which ones can stop the pass is the real – that's the real asset to your team, those linebackers. Mm -hmm. You know, and and for Hicks to just step up as a rookie in his first couple games and to be so proficient in pass coverage, I I would argue that he's actually been on more put on more islands than Michael Kendricks has this year, just because you know Billy Davis trusts him in coverage. You know, he's out there, he's picking up tight ends in coverage, and they're not throwing his way. And you know, and you saw what he could do when he's you know when he can finally break off on a ball. You know, he's got to pick six. So, I mean, it's such a huge. Such a huge upset that he can that he really um, goes down like this. I was really looking forward to see what he's going to do the rest of the season, especially since against some of the better passers like Tom Brady mm-hmm. and you know some of the other quarterbacks we're about to face. But you know we're definitely going to have to see Kiko now. All that stuff about twenty, what was it, twenty thirteen Defensive Player of the Year? We're going to have to see it because uh, right. I haven't seen much from Kiko. He's getting his snaps. He's literally been having his snaps. Pulled away from him by Hicks. And now that he's going to have it all thrown back at him, I, I'm i not excited to see it, but I guess we got no choice but to see it now. So I hope he's healthy.
1: Yeah, I think we all can say we hope he's healthy. And, and like, and then you both bring up great points about Hicks. And, like you said, I mean, if we go back to the draft, you know, and see who the Eagles selected. Like no, like I know we will, I know we all couldn't believe, you know, that a third round linebacker who many thought was a project at best, you know, how he was going to fit, would even get playing time on the defense. I think we all just thought, you know, how would he, you know, we didn't expect him to be this type of player. You really thought that Nelson Aguilar and Eric Rover were going to be the playmakers, not a third round, not a third round linebacker. So, I guess it's kinda of interesting to see this how this all you know plays out for you know for Hicks and you know for the linebacker Corey. it's just gonna keep on getting more interesting as the season goes along and let's uh let's look towards uh let's look towards uh next weekend's game they're going against the dolphins the dolphins have been very 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 up and down. This season, they fired Joe Philbin. Dan Campbell's the head coach. They come out on a hot. They come out the first week with Dan Campbell. They come out below the doors off of Houston. All everybody's happy. We're we're, we're turning it around. Then they now back on a losing streak. Um, Angela. If, Going, looking back at, at, at Sunday night's win, if anything, does it make you confident heading into this week's game against the Dolphins and then for the rest of the season? Because the Eagles, I think they said on Sunday night football, the Eagles, probably their last seven games, are at home.
2: Uh, as far as the Dolphins go, I mean, they were a team that had expectations to be better than they are. I think they're just kind of like a riddle at this point. I don't mm-hmm. think that they're playing well enough to – I you know I I think it's just going to be whatever team gets the the breaks that swing their ways. I would like to say the Eagles have the advantage. and I think the Eagles do have the advantage in multiple areas. Obviously, the running game because they have multiple threats. I mean, Dolphins do have Lamar Miller, who is very talented and needs to be watched out for. And but they, it's almost like they they try to do the same thing the Eagles and they patchwork a lot of things or they brought in different people and and thought so it was going to work out and then there there were growing pains. Uh, I think they'll beat the Dolphins. I don't necessarily know how close it'll be. You know, I'd like to see the Eagles, for a change, like, blow a team out because that has not – I mean, the Saints, I guess you can argue that they blew them out, but, okay, so once the season. I'd like to see them be able to do it again. That would give me some kind of hope for their momentum going into the next two games. You know, the Bucs – are what they are. They're marginal. They're not. They're not like the joke of the NFL like they were uh, a few years ago. But they're not also anything really elite. Like any, you know, they, they're the marginal at best. The Lions are in like a tailspin. The Patriots will provide a pretty big challenge for them. Like who knows what the Bills are going to be playing like at that point. Um. So their their schedule is not necessarily a picnic, but I don't think it's anything that's insurmountable.
0: So no, you're right. That just, you...
2: They have they have to be able to beat the teams that they're better than.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Because they've already put themselves in the situation that they're in in terms of their record with their early season player lack thereof. So if they have any chance to get out of this season, if not the division champion or it's a winning record, they need to be able to beat the teams they're better than, which sounds like it should be obvious, but sometimes like that you see that happen to teams all the time where there are losses. It's like, wow, how did they drop that one?
1: No, you're Ryan right. And Jaleel, to end off the show, pretty much just your thoughts, your confidence heading into this week's game and for the rest of the season, because like Angela said, you know, the, the Eagles, are they have teams on this schedule that they are supposed to beat, but as we see this NFL season, it's not always like that.
3: Yeah, you're right. Um, this game up against the Dolphins is actually going to be pretty tough. Uh, they they are in a little bit of a change right now, head coach gone and everything. But um, that's you can't, you can't get it mixed up. That's a good team, you know. The Dolphins are almost like the Eagles. You know, they signed some pretty good guys, and they got they already had some talent there. All they had to do was put it together, and they're having problems doing that. Okay, so. Uh, but don't get it twisted. I mean, we, just like we've seen flashes of how good Demarco Murray can be and how good Byron Maxwell can be, we're we could possibly see some flashes of how you know and and Dominican Sue is you know that team. They're stacked, so they've they've got playmakers both sides of the ball. Uh, the offensive line will be thoroughly tested against Cameron Wake and and, and Sue. I don't know if Cameron Wake is uh, completely healthy yet, but I'm assuming he will play. Um, that secondary is not bad, and that offense can score. So we're going to need another solid, solid effort. For the rest of the season, uh, it's it's going to be all one-week seasons, basically. You know, we can't they can't think about playoffs. They just got to start trying to win against the teams that they're better than. Just like Angela said, they got to beat the ones they know they can beat. And, uh, and they've got to give themselves a chance against the ones that they may be less talented than. So it's going to be an interesting season, to the least.
1: You're right about that. And, everybody, thanks again for tuning in to another edition of the Total Sports Live podcast here on Blog Talk Radio. If you missed this show, like I said, check it out on blogtalkradio.com backslash Total Sports Live. Check it out on TuneIn Radio. For me, Angela and Jalil, everybody, thanks for tuning in. We'll be back on Sunday night at 11, hopefully talking about another Eagles victory. Let's put these victories in a row and make a march to the playoffs and win the division. We'll see. Everybody have a good night, and we'll talk to you soon.
0: Bye, everyone.